Hold on. Oh, there it is. All right. Anyway, my 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 name is Pastor Derek. I just had a I had a little brain freeze there. My name is Pastor Derek. Welcome to Connect today. Uh, if you wouldn't mind getting your worship guides out, we're gonna uh, get right into that in just a second. Um, I am gonna bring a big announcement. Don't worry. It's gonna be on the back end of this, just so that everybody's paying attention right up to the end. And uh, we'll show you a special video in just a minute. Um, Really excited to be with you guys today. Thanks for coming out, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the worship experience thus far. Everybody having a good time? Yeah. Hey, isn't this thing cool right here? I feel like you guys are all in the splash zone, as I like to say. <laughs> and if anybody falls asleep, I get a running start, and I just throw myself, you know, into the mosh pit. So anybody ever caught a 220-pound man before? Get ready. Anyway, uh, it'll be fun. So pay attention. Seriously. <laughs> But um, today's small group uh, launch, and so what I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about my favorite subject probably on the planet, and that is relationships. And I want to talk about levels of relationships. So you can look on version, uh, follow along that way, or your worship guide, and we'll bounce around to a couple different scriptures. But this is um, a really hot topic in our world today, very relevant to our lives. And I believe that relationships are not a destination, but they are a journey. It is a process uh, not so much something that you can program, amen? And so um, one of the things that, um, you know, we say a lot at Connect here is that, you know, a person's heart, a person's, you know, a spiritual identity can be changed in a moment in the presence of God. Uh, somebody, you can get a miracle in, in a moment in the presence of God. But that being said, and, I, and that is an amen, and that is a, that is a big shout out, but our life is changed over time. In most cases, it is a process, it's a journey. You know, the sanctification, it's a big word, but, you know, we, the Bible says we work our salvation out with fear and trembling. It's a process. It's a journey. And so what we want to do is we want to have a church and, and environments that take people on this journey successfully to get them to that place uh, that God wants them to be, that place of transformation. And so more than information, really, I don't know many people that whose lives have been changed by information. We want to have opportunities where there can be transformation, and that happens in the context, in the safety of something small, relationships. And as I get going, I want you to think about your life for a moment. In fact, everybody just kind of close your eyes just for a second for focus' sake. Every one of you are on a journey. You're at different phases, different stages, different places of life, different ages, different things that are going on in your life. You know, some of you are in that teenage phase. Some of you are in that 18 to 25 where some of the biggest decisions, you know, are just around the corner of your life and it's freaking out a little bit. Some of you are young married. Some of you young married with kids. Some of you, you know, are, are, are phasing into a, a, a place where you're kind of looking back and did I accomplish what God wanted me to accomplish and how can I maximize, you know, uh, the years that, uh, that are remaining in my life. Everybody's at different places and different stages in their life. You can open your eyes. I just want to make sure you're all there. You know, I'm in my 40-somethings, and that means, you know, a stage that I have right now is like, I have a little trouble seeing things these days, you know, and I pick something up, and I have to go like this to focus. I hate it, you know? There are things that I do like about the stage and things I don't like about the stage of life that I'm in right now, but everyone is at a certain place, and 100% of the time, um, it is it is affected by, it is influenced by your relationships. We are the sum total of our choices, our experiences, and our relationships. What's interesting about those three different things, choices, experiences, and relationships, is the choices and experiences are always influenced by our relationships. In other words, 
when you look at the positive things, those positive moments, those defining moments in your life where you kind of, you leaped forward, you failed forward, you moved, you know, to let's just, another level of growth, it's usually somebody that was pulling you, somebody that was nearby, somebody that was cheering you on, somebody that was, you know, encouraging you. I can remember um, when I was 19, 20 years old, somewhere around there, I was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, going to school, and I was going through a pretty tough time. I, I really was struggling with my purpose, what I was supposed to do with my life. I was in school, and I wanted to quit. And I told my parents, I quit. Like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go do something else. And uh, my dad, some of you know my dad, but my dad got on a plane to come out and have a face-to-face -face confrontation, I mean conversation, <laughs> with me. It was a little bit of both. <laughs> And I can remember being in this parking lot at this particular restaurant, and, and he, he was encouraging me. He was exhorting me not to quit. And, 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 and I didn't know all that was going on, you know, behind the scenes, and I couldn't see and have the full perspective and scope of what was really and how meaningful and how defining that conversation would be. But because of that, I didn't quit. And if I had, I don't know where I'd be right now. It was a special moment in my life. It was a defining moment because of a relationship in my life. I can remember just across the street over here, the VFW Hall parking lot, having kind of a, a really tough conversation with a guy who became my best friend, David O'Brien, and he was confronting me on a character issue that was eventually going to polarize me from people. It was something that I just did in extreme behavior that, that I was able to kind of kind of you know push aside and act like it was no big deal and he confronted me on that. That same guy, his girlfriend asked me to uh, years before be an influence on his life and and maybe you know witness to him, maybe share Christ with him because she ultimately wanted to marry him and so she kind of put that assignment on me. You know, maybe you could be that influence on him and you know you guys both like basketball. Why don't you play some ball with him and go out and do some sports with him and you know, I thought that was a good idea until we almost got to the court, and I remembered that I'm not a very good Christian on the basketball court. <laughs> in about 15 minutes, I was in a fight with someone, and, and I had a guy up against the fence, and I'm not proud of this, and pushing him up, you know, against the fence because he had cut me out. You know, I mean, cut me out right when I was taking a layup. I mean, of course you do that. And, and, and Dave came over, and, and he broke it up. And he, he said, let's go. And we left. And all the way home, he's rebuking me and telling me what kind of Christian do you think you are and all this kind of stuff. And I could just hear his girlfriend's voice ringing in my ear. What kind of influence are you? I, I want you to be the Christian leader in his life. These were these, were these defining moments where it kind of propelled me forward. And some of you might be able to think about some of the relationships that have pushed you forward. But more often than not, we can think about the relationships that have pulled us backwards. You know, some of those moments in our life where Maybe it didn't go so well, and when a relationship's kind of sidetracked us or sidelined us, and, and ultimately there, are, there can be a relationship that's not all their fault, it's just they their influence the situation, you know? A, a companion of fools, the Bible says, suffers harm. He who walks with the wise grows wise, a companion of fools suffers harm, Proverbs 13, 20. So sometimes you're just hanging around the wrong people, and you might not be the fool, but you suffer from the shrap metal of other fools that you're near. Say, so you calling me a fool? No, I'm not calling you a fool. I'm just saying that's what the Bible says. Just uses that terminology. And so sometimes our relationships can keep us from what God intends. And if we're honest and we look back at those moments, we regret certain things that we've done. And usually there's a connection between what we've done and who we were around and who we were with. Can I have a yes, an amen, an oh me? Anybody out there? You know what I'm talking about? And so most people... Though, because of these mistakes and because of these things that go wrong and, and how sometimes life can unravel and get a little 
um, sidelined, we do one of two things. We, we engage and pursue positive relationships, which is really the goal of kind of this message today, or we, un- we kind of unintentionally or by default, almost like a gravitational pull, we insulate and isolate ourselves and remove ourselves from relationships so that will never happen again. And we, we may be around people, but we're not with people. We may be near people, but we're not engaged with people. We've got kind of a force field around, you know, being real because we don't want to be, you know, in that place again. We don't want to be hurt yet again. We don't want that to, you know, repeat itself again. And the truth is there's no return without risk. It's like faith, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I don't see. There, there needs to be a little, a little bit of a... A little bit of initiative, a little step, a little, you know, kind of off the platform. Don't worry, I won't do it. Um, and just trust that this is the best thing for me to do. And sometimes it's counterintuitive because of the things that have happened to us before. Are you tracking? My wife and I talk about this. We have kind of an unspoken, behind the scenes, but spoken maybe more publicly conviction, you know, that we're going to engage in relationships knowing that occasionally we're going to get hurt. Occasionally things aren't going to go so great. Occasionally it won't work out all the time. It will happen occasionally. But to remove ourselves and insulate and isolate ourselves from relationships, we're going to live hurt as opposed to occasionally be hurt. Does that make sense? In other words, one way outweighs the other. By, 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 uh, by following that unintentional gravitational pull towards insulation and isolation, it's dangerous. And so we make bad things worse as a result. This, this situation happens so much. It happens in the most significant relationships in our life. Even in marriage, we say people come down the aisle of a church and they get married, you know, for richer, for poor, for better, for worse, you know, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. But yet I'm not really going to give you all of my heart. I'm really going to hold back just, uh, you know, I'm going to hold back pieces and parts of me because I don't want to open all that up to you because I don't want to risk you seeing me the way I really am. And, and, and if you did... I'm afraid of what would happen if you did. And so we really don't have the intimacy that God intended. We really don't have the uh, relationship the way God um, designed us to have it, even in marriage. And this happens in church, too. It happens in church life as well. But all the time, God has wanted us not to have these prenuptial mindsets with people. And, and unfortunately, th- this pattern, uh, sometimes this going into the cocoon pattern it's just a bad response to these situations. And so here's a principle that I want to share with you that I've shared many times before, but it's something that I want you to know. Like, I want you to know it like the back of your hand. You can put your own words to it. I'll give you some different ways to say it. I've taught my kids this many, many times. Write this in your notes. All right, here, here it is. This is the big idea. All right, your relationships will determine the course and trajectory of your life. Your relationships will determine the course and trajectory of your life. Your connections are so important. You could say it this way. I was, I was kind of modifying and modernizing it for my kids. Your, your, your friends will determine your future. Your friends will determine your future. In other words, you, you, you have to intentionally, though, choose the right friends. Uh, here, in, in your notes, your relationship decisions are the most important decisions in your life. Your relationship decisions are the most important decisions in your life, but they are decisions that you must make. You, will, you don't have to make a decision for the wrong relationships. You will, by default, by accident, bad relationships happen, you know, you know, by default, by accident. Great relationships happen on purpose. 
When I think about the relationships that are, that are affecting my life, positively or negative, they require intentionality, they require investment, they require effort. The ones that are adversely affecting my life just happen. Isn't that interesting? Requires a little bit of effort on our part, a little bit of intentionality on our part. I read a study about um, mental health through the California Relational Institute. Interesting uh, institute, but they study mental health. And they basically said that when people are disconnected, people are unplugged from people, people are not in positive relationships with other people, they're two to three times more likely to die in early death. They're four times more likely to suffer from emotional burnout. They're five times more likely to suffer from clinical depression, and they're ten times more likely to be hospitalized by some type of mental disorder. We are created as relational beings to have not an independent life, certainly not a codependent life, where we're leaning on each other and if you fall, I fall, but an interdependent life where I loving God, but I'm expressing, and what I learn from him, I'm working out in the laboratory of relationships this way. There's a connection here, and there's a connection here. Are you guys tracking with me? We are interdependent beings. We're created to be as relational beings in relationships. Relationships are everything, and I want you to hear it this way. I believe that, I believe that we all go through similar stuff, different stories, different scenarios, different people, different faces. But at the core, it's kind of the same stuff. Rejection, you know what I mean, abuses of different types. They're all different kinds of core, you know, hurts that hit us. And the, what this study is saying in a nutshell is that um, when you go through it, and you will, uh, if you're connected, you won't end up a statistic. You won't be a statistic. How many of you say, I don't want to be a statistic? All right? So I want to give you kind of the secret sauce to avoiding becoming a statistic, okay? And this is kind of a, a pastoral message because... And this is, by the way, kind of an exhortation to our small group leaders, our, our dream team leaders, our, our elders and pastors, because you're called to lead people on a spiritual journey. You're called to help identify where best leaders, by the way, learn how to find out where people are at on their journey, not just hang out with them. This, again, it's all it's for discipleship to take place. It's not just relationship. It's relationship plus purpose, plus intentionality, plus where are you? Let me create next steps for you to move forward. Success is when we take people from where they are to where God wants them to be. And we're as if you're a leader, I believe all of you are leaders. You have leadership potential. You're in the process of becoming one or already are one. But as leaders, we're people movers. Movers. All right? We're called to move people from where they are to where God wants them to be. And so I feel like job of mine is to help people, lead people to greener pastures, to still waters, where they can learn to feed and fill their own soul. And, and if I have influence in your life, I need you to trust me on this one. This is an important subject. I pray that you get these four levels. They're so important. The best way to explain these levels of relationship is this. Um, you need the first one before you get the second one. You have to have the second one before you get the third one. You need the third one before you get the fourth. But if you have all of these, all four levels of these, I promise you this, you'll still have problems. I promise. Problems will keep on happening. I have problems all the time. The difference is they, 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 they bounce off faster. They fall to the ground faster. I have a place to fall and fail and work through my feelings with other people because I'm connected. There's a safety net. There's a security net. I could hurl myself off this and somebody would catch me. 
relationally. Are you guys tracking with me out there? <clears throat> but all of hell wants to stop you from having that, these four levels. Here's the first one. Number one, we need, we all need a relationship with God. Everybody say relationship with God. I'm not talking about religion. I was talking to somebody recently, counseling somebody recently. I kind of do the, the, the one-time, one-hit wonder counseling now. I don't really have the, the nurture side that goes as long and as effective as some people do. I get them when they're nuclear. I get them when it's like, could you not have come seen me a couple years ago? But anyway, I'm sitting with this guy, and I can just remember him talking uh, to me, and he's like, you know, we, you know we, I know, we, we need to have more religion in our lives. I'm like, no, you don't. You know, I'm not talking about a category amongst all the other categories of your life. Relationship with God is something that inf infiltrates and filters into every aspect of our life, every day of our life. It's about a daily walk with God, a daily devotion, a daily contact and connection with God. It's not just a Sunday-only thing. I did that. I did church. Are you tracking with me? It's a dynamic, real, devotional life. We need God more than we need church. And as a church, I think we've done a pretty good job of abandoning religion. Externally, we, we have an, um, an appearance of abandonment of religion. You know, we got a worship leader that looks like a rock star. We got two guitars up here. You know what I mean? We got a pastor in jeans. We drink coffee in the sanctuary. You know, we, we talk kind of normal, but we love Jesus. The internal expression is what's more important. And people are looking at you and looking at Connect, and they're saying either they're on something or they love God. Just got to figure that out. It could take you a little while, all right? But relationship with God, and our goal is to have an environment where people are about delight, not duty. It's not a got to, it's a get to. And, and that's what church should be like. Jesus talked about this to religious people. He said this in John 5. He said, you study the scriptures diligently because by them, what do you think is going to happen? You think that in them you have eternal life. You think by studying something that affects this part of you, you're going to have relationship. And, and Jesus is saying, uh-uh, no. Knowledge puffeth up, love Buildeth up, the Bible says. These very scriptures that, you te that testify, they testify about me, a person. And he's basically saying, hey, 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 all you religious people, it's me. I'm right here. What are you going to church to do? What are you reading that Bible to get out of it? Who are you talking to when you're praying? It's about a thing with me. It's about a thing with me. And then it says, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. At the end of the day, it's about relationship with God. Number two, it's relationship with the church. Everybody say church. 3% of Massachusetts goes to church. It's a big harvest out there. You are a big part of turning that around, Connect. You are walking billboards. You are a living curriculum. You are a, you are a testimony on two feet. You know, you're, you're the ones that are out there, kind of the paper boys and the paper girls, bringing the good news to people. People need this. It used to be one of the top four. You look for, a, you know, families would look for a place to work, you know, a school, you know, uh, top three maybe it is, and a church. You look for those things. It was like core. Not so much anymore, but it should be. And so, unfortunately, that's because religions come into the church, and not relationship. But you need, if you don't have one, and I'm speaking to frequent flyers here. We have family that kind of made that connection. They've decided, like uh, in marriage, to forsake all others and choose a church, and they've made that commitment. And we make a commitment to them when we do so. And we don't look at anybody as second-class citizen or we don't, you know, we don't love you or care about you. But, you know, commitment is like the secret sauce to growth. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord 
you know, all, in all your ways and he'll establish your thoughts. Your plans will succeed in one translation it says. So commitment's a big deal. Frequent flyers, you're kind of that next here. You may call this your home church and maybe for some reason you haven't taken that next step. Maybe that's because you're, you, you got some issues in the past, got hurt, got burnt out. Hey, knock yourself out. Take your time. Get healed. We, we make room for that. You're not ready to kind of come in and contribute. You're kind of in, I got to receive right now. You're in a consumer mode. We don't see that as a bad word. At one year, two year, three year, now it's time to do something. Now it's time for your sake in order to grow. It's time to kind of cross that line of commitment and move in the next direction for you to be able to grow. But I'm speaking to you. You need a church. You need an immediate family. We have the family of God as a whole universal. Me and God, we're okay. Me and evangelists on TV, church, we're okay. And that's not enough. You need a place where you've invested your life. You need a place where you're rooted in relationships. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the Lord. In it doth he meditate. Day and night he meditate. He shall be like a fruitful, blossoming person, tree, planted by the waters of the Lord. How do you get fruitful? You have to get planted. How do you get fruitful? You got to get, come on somebody, I need to hear a little bit. You got to get planted. So it's for you. It's not, it's, it's huge. You need a commitment. I'll say this about family real quick, and I can't go off on this too much, but in, in, in an immediate family, in your biological family, have there been, has there been conflict? And you're, yeah. And uh, just, just, just and for, the, for all intents and purposes, we know we all have problems in families or whatever, but we all know that families, you just, you shouldn't quit on. You just don't walk out on family. You, you work it out, right? You have problems, you have issues, whatever. You're, you're kind of committed. You're in covenant with one of you. You, you, you just, you know, you, you stick it out. One round, two rounds, 13 rounds. You stay in the ring. It should be that way in the church, too. It should be that way in the church. There's sometimes situations where it can't be worked out. The Bible says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with everybody, Romans 12, 18. If, it means sometimes it's not. Free will agency. Somebody may just not want to go there. But for all intents and purposes, when things aren't going so well, you know what my advice is to people when it's not going so well? Stay. Just stay. Just work it. Just stay. You'll work it out if you stay. You don't quit. You don't quit. Covenant is the highest level of relationships. Blood is thicker than water. We should have that in the church. When people see that, it changes people's lives because they see people working stuff through. And if you're new to Connect and you're kind of still checking it out, we got the first of every month, we give you an opportunity to kick the tires and just see, is this the right, is this the right thing for me? I don't know. i got to check this out. So you come and you just check it out. See 101, first Sunday of every month. See if this vision, this, this leadership, this people is right for you. But once it is, lock and load. Lock and load in order to grow. Ephesians 2 says you're members of God's family and you belong in the household, uh, belong in the household with other Christians. Amen? Amen. Number three, relationship with godly friends. Everybody say godly friends. Now, some of y'all have friends, but do you have godly friends? Do you have friends steering you in the right direction? I think relationships are, it's like life. Life is motion. We think sometimes, I don't know, we just have this mindset that we're just treading water, you know? If I don't do anything, I'll stay here. No. No, life, you're moving forward or backwards. You know, I don't see that. Well, you don't see water evaporating in a glass either, but it is. You're, you're going forward or you're going backwards, and your relationships are pulling you one way or the other. It's important that we choose the right relationships. you got to choose. And, if, and the Bible talks about this so much. If I were to preach 
proportionate to how much the scripture talks about relationships, one in five messages from this pulpit would be about the subject. That's how, because the Bible's always saying, get connected, get in, the, get in the vine. A branch can't be all off by itself. You need to be in the family of God. You need to be in the fold. You need to be under a shepherd. The sheep need that. That's what the Bible talks about a ton. It's huge. Listen to this from Acts 2.44. All the believers, say believers, they met together constantly. Constantly. Not just once in a blue moon, not once a month. People in America today, a statistic says they think they're a member of a church if they go 12 times a year. That's not good membership. That's not good, that's not, that's not good frequency, all right? Constantly. And they shared everything with each other. In other words, they were in close-knit connections. So the last area after God, church, and, and friends is the ultimate area, I think, and one that we'll talk about at the end of the service today. This is where a lot of the significance comes in. This is when we're introduced to something bigger than ourselves, and that's to be on a team, relationship with the team. A team. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says we're partners, working together for God. We're partners. Who are you partnered up with? Are you partnered up with a group of people to accomplish something bigger than you? And sometimes it can be a, a, a small team. Sometimes it's a big team. But today, what I really want to highlight in light of the small group launch today and unpack is a little bit more of number three, godly friends. I overheard somebody just recently, they were complaining about our church in the lobby, and they didn't know I was nearby. In fact, I don't even think they, whatever, they didn't know I was nearby. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. And it was just kind of fun to be able to eavesdrop on that situation. And, and one of the leaders was fielding this person's complaint. And basically, they were saying, this church is just, it's just too big for me. It's just getting too big. I just don't. I don't feel like I personally connect with everybody, and it's just too hard. And the leader basically said, listen, whether the church is 400, 600, 700, it doesn't matter. A hundred people is too big unless you're connected in relationships in a small group. And I thought, perfect answer. I couldn't have said that better myself. Wanted to interrupt, but I just thought I'd just leave, it, leave that one alone. And here's the deal. Churches, first of all, must grow bigger. Here's why. And some people, I think, in New England, that's why New England churches stay so small. is because of what I'm talking about and what people don't grasp. Churches have to grow bigger because heaven and hell are realities. And there are people out there that don't have and know what you know. And how are they going to find it out? Through the church. Ephesians 3.10 says, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God will be made known. We need to train the newspaper boys and newspaper girls in here and send them out. We need to pull people who are on the street and move in the seat so they can hear the gospel on a weekly basis like they do when they come here. It's important. It's not about us. It's about God trying to pull his kids back into the family that are lost. That's what it's about. It's not about us getting bigger. It's about heaven being populated to the fullest. We must grow. It's not a choice. But we need something within the big that helps us grow. Look at your notes. Colossians 2.19, it says the whole body supported and held together. Some of you are in your life are not supported. You're, 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 not, you're currently not supported by other people in relationships. By what? By its ligaments and sinews. Paul uses these relational uh, comparisons or these terms to compare to relationships. In other words, all these, all, all these parts of my body, all these big muscles, come on somebody, all these big muscles, they're connected, all right, with ligaments and sinews. And if I didn't have these, I would just fall apart, just blobs of muscle on the, on the, on the platform. Awesome muscle, but it'd be blobs of it everywhere. <laughs> I'd come apart, right? 
The only reason we stay together is because we're connected with these levels of relationship. But when it happens, the Bible says in Colossians 2, we grow as God causes to grow. So as you're connected in these relationships, that's when you begin to grow. It's kind of a gross analogy, but if I was, t- t- Sam, Sam, 10 years old, right? I, somebody, some accident happens and my hand gets cut off. Like, this is the gross part, okay? My hand gets cut off. There, there it is. Lying on the, lying on the platform over there. <laughs> 10 years old. Time passes. 10 years later, I come back. I'm 20 years old. I'm all grown. I'm all developed. But my hand is still a 10-year-old hand. It hasn't developed proportionate to the rest of my body. This is what happens when people are disconnected. See, they, 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 when, they get, when, they're, when you're disconnected relationally, you become, and everybody has this in a measure, so don't feel judged by this, but you, you become dysfunctional. It, it's, dispro- it's disproportionate. You don't fit in. You struggle. You know what else happens? Hands that are disconnected from the body for long periods of time and try to work with the parallel here for the sake of time, it's gross. You become a little gross. The behaviors of somebody who's been insulated and isolated from the rest of the body, they do some pretty dumb things. You look at them just like, whoa, how did he get there? He was isolated, insulated. He was disconnected from others. That's how that happens at the end of the day. We're called to convince people this is the best way to grow. Let me give you four guarantees of what will happen in a group. And this is kind of, again, an encouragement to leaders. Guys, as you get ready to lead your groups, these are things you need to remember to do. Number one, you need to provide encouragement. Provide encouragement. For the people that are attending groups, this should be an encouraging environment. You need people, you need, you need like a Jesus with skin on. That's what I like to say. You say, am I Jesus No, you're not Jesus, but you're a Jesus to them. You're his representative. You're his hands and his feet extended. You're there to kind of touch them and and, and help them through their difficult situations. You don't know how much my heart breaks for people who do not have this. You're in danger if you are not connected, if you're not in a place where you're being encouraged on a regular basis. You say, I'm fine. I don't think so. I don't think so. UCLA did a study that said that 8 to 10, people need 8 to 10 touches Physical touches every day. Otherwise, they go cray-cray. That's the summary, okay? That's my synopsis of the whole thing. Eight to ten touches a day, or you go cray-cray, right? That's what happens. So, so people, I don't think you just need encouragement. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it even more specific. You need a hug. Some of you big, burly, brawny guys out there, you need a hug. You say, no, I don't. Yes, you do. Just looking at you, I can tell you need a hug. You haven't had one in so long, it's hard, to, it's hard to receive one. Somebody goes to hug you, you assault them. You're ready, to, you're ready to go G.I. Joe on them. You know what I'm saying? Some of you on the other side, you know you need a hug. You haven't had one in a long time. You come to church just to get the hug. Some of you sit near certain people so you can get the hug from the hot person. I'm okay with that, all right? I'm okay with that. Some of you want, you want, you can't wait for meet and greet. You can't wait. You're hoping for the next level in the Bible that says greet each other with a holy kiss. You're hoping for that. But that's not going to happen here, okay? <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. All right, so encouragement. The next one is prayer. Prayer. Prayer provides protection. P- prayer provides protection. Where else can you go and have people praying for you? Prayer availeth much. Who's lifting you up? Who's fighting for you in prayer? Colossians 4, 12, this kind of ordinary guy. We never heard of him before. Epaphras, he says, who is one of you. In other words, he's just like you and me. Epaphras, and a servant of Christ Jesus sends greetings. He is always, I love this, wrestling in prayer for you. 
Wouldn't you like to have a guy like that or a person like that in your life who's always wrestling in prayer for you, fighting for you? What are they fighting for? That you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. We all need an Epaphras in our life. You're going to find that in a small group. Number three, you need encouragement and prayer, and even more, you need honesty. Honesty. I love this point. This is something I say a lot, but vulnerability leads to stability. It's counterintuitive. It's, it, everything says hide behind the fig leaf, keep the mask on, continue to pose, put on a front. You know, a guy was to church recently came in, and this wasn't too long ago, had a, like a long jacket on, dark jacket on, hat, sunglasses, in worship. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? How you doing, man? You doing okay? He goes, yeah, what's up? Praise the Lord. I'm doing great. Praise the Lord. <laughs> really? You doing good? Yeah, I'm good. Blessed. Blessed. You ain't blessed, man. You got sunglasses on in church. The lights are off. All I could hear was like the song, I wear my sunglasses in the background with this guy, you know? I, I was like, something weird about this scene, you know what I'm saying? He, he's not okay. He's not, weren't you the guy that I saw, you know, walking up, yelling at your kids, you know what I mean? He said, you're not okay. Some of us, we pretend. We need a church when we come. We don't pretend. We don't have a pretense, you know what I mean? We're real. I'm not saying you have to tell everybody your stuff, but you should be able to tell somebody. Some of us come to church like, how you doing? Blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. No, you're not. You were beating your kids on the way to church. You threw your arm out. You can't even praise the Lord. That's why your hands are down. You act like you're praying because your shoulder's out. Oh, my gosh. I had this. I want it to be real. I had this person one time that, that telling me, I love this story, somebody, we were calling a fast in our church, fasting and prayer seasons we have in our church, this one person said, I'm fasting alcohol. <laughs> I said, you're fasting alcohol? Yeah, I'm fasting alcohol. Praise the Lord. I'm fasting marijuana. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of church I want to go to where people fast alcohol. I thought, this is awesome. Anyway, we got a place where we take the mask off, right? Ephesians 4, put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor. We're all members of one body. We need each other. Why? What will happen? Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sin and does, does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces finds mercy. The last thing that happens in a group is growth, growth. Growth is not about information. It's about interaction. Growth happens when I work it out with others. Romans 1 says, I mean that. I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. I, I, I remember years ago in the school, and I, I, this woman was working for me, and she was going through some problems in her life, and she said, uh, Pastor, can I talk to you? I need to get some counseling. I said, well, wh why, don't you, why don't you go to your church to get the counseling? She says, oh, they can't know this. I said, well, first of all, that's actually the problem. The problem that you're going to share with me is not the problem. The problem is you can't share your problem with the people that are in your life. That's the bigger problem. See, to be able to grow, we need a place where, where there's encouragement, where there's prayer, where there's honesty in order to be able to grow and work through these things in our lives. God wants this for us. And so with all that I have in me, with all the relational equity that I might have in you, please, Make that jump. I know going from this to a small group is a big jump, but if you're not in one, you, you need to build that safety net. You don't know. Pity the one when he falls has no one to pick him up, Ecclesiastes tells us. 
You don't know when it's going to happen. I sit front row with people that don't have that safety net, and then they have a problem, and there's nobody there to pick them up. You have to plan for that. You have to prepare for that. You have to be intentional for that, and we're here for you to make that possible in small groups. Amen? Amen. Now, what I want to do is I want to bring a special announcement and kind of share some vision with you, and I'm going to ask, um, it, cannot be, it cannot be introduced better than by uh, the video that we prepared for you, so would you kill the lights and just give your full attention to this, and I'll be with you in just a second. From the first moment I walked into Connect, the first day, uh, after, after a friend of mine brought me, the pastor, as an example, uh, sprayed Mountain Dew on the crowd, and I was sitting right in the middle of that, and um, to me, that was fun. In my heart, I had a lot, of, a lot of bitterness, a lot of stuff that was rooted deep down that was just unhealthy, where it would block me out of having you know, deep relationships, intimate relationships with people, where you, know, you can really have those foundational friends that you can build for the rest of your life. Just coming here and seeing all the people who just genuinely actually care about me, people who have poured into me the leadership of this church, um, anyone from Pastor Derek to the small group leaders of, of the small groups that I've been in. I'm so thankful um, for all that Connect has been in my life. First of all, we said we're not going to be involved. That's, That's the first thing. We decide we're not getting involved. A couple of weeks two months maybe, we just was stronger than us, we just follow. It was just so natural, we started to, uh, we tried to do a small group, and then we wanna serve, and wanna help, and now I cannot see us out of this church, family. With the family, the whole thing, we're totally involved. I just found out that religion is not to me, it's not the uh, what I want. And we don't get that here. It's really, it's, uh, it's a God who loves us, who wants to forgive and bless us. That's what we preach, that's what we live, that's what, I, that's what has really impacted my life, changed the big time. Before we came to Connect, I think we were on the, the wrong track spiritually and our relationship was stalled. We weren't married at the time and coming here, hearing the word presented in such a relevant way changed, completely changed our view of what a relationship with God is about what our spiritual walk should be. The small groups helped us incredibly. Glenn found the Lord there. I was an extremely aggressive, angry person when we came to, to Connect Community Church. And although Sherry and I loved one another, by coming here and experiencing the Lord, finding the Lord, again, hearing the relevant messages, it toned down who I was. It brought my heart back in. I was less aggressive and I think much more loving person, and I felt a belonging that I hadn't felt my entire life.
was a young boy, about 15 years old, I used to dream about church. I wanted to uh, reach and preach to thousands of people. It sounds a little crazy. As I got a little bit older, I got a little discouraged because I didn't see that kind of stuff happening at church. I didn't, I didn't see us reaching, you know, our neighborhoods. I didn't see, just see us reaching our communities, the marketplace. But the honest truth is, that's changed now. I'm seeing that happen at Connect. I see us reaching people that were unreached and unchurched. I see us reaching people that were disconnected and, and disenfranchised and discouraged about religion. Now we're at a place where we're reaching hundreds of people for Christ. And people are coming into relationship and coming into community and the course and trajectory of their life is being changed because they found friends and they found a family and they found faith. And that's because of you. And when I was a little younger in ministry, I could only see like this path behind me just so much. But as we got a little bit higher on the hill, got a little bit over the horizon, I could see a lot more. We're at a place in the journey of Connect, kind of a new chapter where God wants to birth a little bit more in our vision. He wants to see this thing reproduced over and over and over again. And so what we're getting ready to do is we're getting ready to improve the social space of our church so we can fulfill the full impact and potential of our vision can be reached. In order for that to happen, we've got to make some improvements right here at home base. But when that's done, we're getting ready to do something even bigger than that. We're getting ready to multiply. We're getting ready to start a multi-site church and other locations and we're getting ready to start one right around the corner. And I'm so excited. I hope you are too. serve an amazing God and we know that God has the best for us. It's a family reunion. You know, come on in. Uh, you know, we missed you. <laughs> you know, how you been? I don't think I would have really made the progress that I did if I wasn't a part of that small fellowship. So many people have taken time to just pour into me and invest in me and it's been so huge in helping me to become the man that I am becoming. The word that's brought on Sunday teaches um, true to life like I we've always found that there's been things that speak directly to us it's just really turned all of our worlds around what do you have to say to that <laughs> yeah it's exciting uh, clarify a few things and uh, more information to come, but uh, Connect the Dots is really just, it's the beginning of a spiritual journey. And we use the term Connect because that's our church and Dots because there's just, there's many on this path at each kind of hill, there's a little bit more vision coming. And really what I can see clearly, crystal clear, is the next two steps on that journey, the next two dots on that journey. Around Three, a third or fourth step or a little bit in the, in the fog, a little bit in the clouds right now, but this is a process. This is a journey, and I really want you guys to go on this journey with me, and it's, it's not something that, uh, that uh, a few of us can do by ourselves. It's something that is an all play, 
requires all of us to play a part in this. And it's just a new chapter in Connect's history is to give away what you've received. Christianity is like breathing. You take in and then you exhale it. And God, I believe, wants to multiply what he's doing here in other places. And he wants to kind of create an environment in other locations where people can receive what you yourself have received. With greater vision comes greater reach. And so there's just more vision that's being birthed in me, and that's what's been going on through the summer and stuff like that. Some of you have been wondering where I was, I, and what's going on, and just getting this all ready and prepared and uh, for, for re- reveal. Um, in, a, in, in short, I think, I hope it came through crystal clear, uh, we're going to improve uh, and increase our social space here at Connect, Connect Ashland. And, uh, and then eventually we're going to launch a new campus. Um, the details and, and uh, information for that I want to unpack for you kind of in layers, but um, more than anything, I want you to see this as something that can change you. To be a part of something bigger than you will literally, will literally uh, affect your lives in the most significant way spiritually. Whenever I become a part of something bigger than myself, my life is changed forever. And so what we also want to do, again, is we want to finish things here at home base um, Our church has a very strong relational DNA. We have a vision and a strategy to be able to take people on a spiritual journey to move them from really out there to a place of transformation where God's literally changed the course and trajectory of their life. But one of the areas of development, that uh, one of the areas, I'll just frankly say a weak area, is we do not have a lot of social space in our church. In other words, there's not enough opportunity for people to be able to connect. We are by default and and in our DNA connectors, but we don't have enough time and space for that to take place. And so we're going to make some improvements uh, in order to be able to facilitate our vision more fully. Um, And and then lastly, um, what I really need you to do is I need you to talk to God about your role in this spiritual journey. Um, You know, nothing's going to change. The last 10 years, I've never asked anybody for anything. The only thing I've asked people to do is talk to God about and just share vision. So I'm just going to continue to unpack vision over the next uh, uh, couple of months and just share with you what really is going on and how this all works and what it's all about, what really is ahead of us. And then I'm just going to continue to encourage you to ask God, what's my part? How can I play a part in this process? And so please, would you consider praying? Would you pray? Uh, would you also consider just getting involved in this journey? And, and one of the ways that you can do that is to attend the up-and-coming events. Uh, at these events, because of, for the sake of time and because of all the things that we have going on at Connect and your responsibilities on a Sunday, I want to be able to do this in layers. And so we have two events coming up. The first one that's coming up is our Fall Fest uh, this Saturday. And uh, this is an all-play. It is a free event. Uh, virtually all, everything we do is free here. We just give everything away. But there's a free event this Saturday. I'm encouraging anybody that calls Connect their home. If you have friends of yours, if you're a Connect uh, part of this, if you're part of Connect and you want a friend to come, bring them on out. We're going to have room and space for them. But it's an incredible event. We're going to kind of kick this off a little bit with a party. So we're going to have a pig roast. We got a guy walking on stilts, a guy on a motorcycle that's going to do crazy stunts for your kids. So bring all your kids out. But at some point in that event of all the fun and face painting and all the different things that are happening, I want to talk to you some more. And I want to give you more of the why behind the what. Because I don't want something just to be up here in your head. I want you to have the same experience that I've had where something's birthed in you, where you see heaven and hell realities that God wants us to reach more people. And with greater vision comes greater reach. And, and I can't do this, and God can't do this by himself. He wants to use people. 
It's through people that he accomplishes his vision. And so I want to unpack it for you at this event. Then we have another event in October uh, as well that you'll hear more information about. But would you please get behind that? Support it with your attendance. If you're a kingdom builder or a family member, we're asking you actually participate and serve at that event. We're, we're expecting about 400 plus people to be here this Saturday. So it's a huge event. And we're, we're looking for like 50 to 60 people to help that. If you're kind of new to the whole thing, hey, please, this is, this is on us. We'll take care of you. But if you've been here a while, we'd love it if you could help us out with that event. So in a nutshell, more details to follow, more than the details, more vision to follow so you understand what's going on. We're going to launch a new campus right around the corner. We're going to make some improvements very soon here at this location so that we can fulfill the full potential of Connect in Ashland. And I'm excited. I hope you guys are as well. Can you stand to your feet as we pray? Would you join hands with your spiritual family? And uh, let's just lift up these plans to God. Amen. Every head bow, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the service. Thank you for vision, Lord God. Without vision, the people perish. We need it, Lord. We need it to be able to move forward. But, but without vision, people perish. People are stay disconnected from God. Stay discouraged about their relationship with people and God. Disenfranchised and, and disconnected, God. Thank you for vision. I pray, Lord, that vision be birthed in the hearts and minds of people. Every man, woman, boy, or girl, Lord, somehow be affected by the vision that is on connect, the mantle that's on connect, the message that's on connect to reach many. Lord, would you do something inside of us? Would you call all of us, Lord Jesus, to our knees where we pray and we seek the Lord and you, you show us and you reveal to us what you want to do and how you want to do it and what we can do about it, God. I thank you so much, Lord. This is so much bigger than buildings and budgets and all those kinds of things. This is about the kingdom. This is about ministry, Lord. Thank you so much for calling us and for being willing to use us and for blessing us in such a way, Lord, that we could even be used in this fashion, Lord. We love you. We give you praise. We look forward to what you're going to do. We can see it in advance because that's what faith is. Faith sees things before they actually happen, Lord. We call things that be not as though they were. We see a church that's reaching its full potential here. We see another church that's reaching hundreds and even thousands of lives somewhere else. And then even beyond, you have more for us, God. We thank you for including us in your plan. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Have an awesome Sunday afternoon. Thank you guys for being here this morning. God bless you.